0: Hey there everybody and welcome to this presentation on inflammatory bowel disease and mental health it is after all inflammatory bowel disease awareness day I'm your host Dr Donnelly Snipes in this brief presentation I'm going to define inflammatory bowel disease discuss the consequences of IBD on mental health and relationships and help you identify some practical strategies to reduce the impact of IBD on your life So let's start at the beginning what is it inflammatory bowel disease we've heard about crohn's we've heard about ulcerative colitis inflammatory bowel disease is both of those it's an umbrella term that covers any condition that causes guess what inflammation of the bowel inflammation of the intestines symptoms of inflammatory bowel disease include diarrhea abdominal pain bowel urgency fatigue and even hormone imbalances and let's think about how all this may play in probably going to talk about it more later too well when your bowel is inflamed inflammation sends a signal via the vagus nerve to the brain that says hey things aren't going so well and the brain triggers the stress response system in order to try to address it or fix it or do whatever it needs to do to get the organism back into a place of homeostasis so when the bowel is inflamed stress response kicks off stress response increases releases a bunch of excitatory neurotransmitters which we know are going to probably increase the um, motility of the gut increase how quickly things go through the gut when we're under stress it's not time to rest and digest it's time to fight or flee so diarrhea makes sense abdominal pain well if you have increased motility uh, that's going to likely cause some cramping if you have inflammation that's going to cause pain so that makes sense bowel urgency kind of goes along with diarrhea if you have increased motility your your gut is working harder to move stuff through faster then you may have a feeling that you've got to go to the bathroom more frequently when all this is happening when stuff goes through your intestines too quickly when the intestinal walls are inflamed both of those things contribute to your body's inability to effectively absorb nutrients when you're not able to effectively absorb nutrients guess what it's going to contribute to fatigue and mood changes and hormone imbalances additionally when that HPA axis that threat response system is activated and chronically activated because of the chronic inflammation that will also contribute to fatigue so these symptoms make sense and they all kind of fold in on one another according to the Crohn's and colitis foundation 1.6 million Americans are diagnosed and nearly 70 thousand new cases are diagnosed annually that is a lot of people I mean think about how big your town is more than 50 percent of people with um, inflammatory bowel disease experience significant anxiety and or depression and that is really important and they also have found that of those 50 percent only about 12 percent actually receive any psychological help any counseling help a lot of times primary care providers may just say hey we're just going to throw meds at it and not pay attention to the psychosocial impact and consequences of inflammatory bowel disease what causes it well they're starting to gain uh, a greater understanding of what causes it however the short answer is it's an interaction of over 160 different genes your gut microbiome which is impacted by your nutrition stress and antibiotics you are either taking or have taken and the immune system and the environment so there's a lot of stars that need to align if you will as uh, also another way of saying they're not a hundred percent sure what causes it for any one individual what is the impact well I'm sure I missed some things here but the biggies physically people with inflammatory bowel disease experience increased pain it's just the way it is when you've got inflammation you typically have pain and that increased pain triggering the stress response can trigger an ongoing stress response which contributes to increased systemic inflammation not just in the gut but then we start seeing levels of inflammatory cytokines increase throughout the entire body that we know is associated with increased depression anxiety and impaired sleep so pain is a big deal pain is your body's way of saying something is not right here inflammation obviously as I mentioned inflammation in the gut can eventually contribute to systemic inflammation Uh, sleep is impaired not only because the HPA axis the threat response system is active because of the inflammation but because the person's in pain they can't get comfortable which contributes to sleep problems because they wake up in the middle of the night and they feel like they've got to go to the bathroom there are a lot of reasons that sleep may be become impaired when you are sleep deprived it contributes to guess what stress response activation and increased inflammation over the long term so sleep deprivation actually works against the recovery process which probably isn't a surprise malnutrition when the gut is inflamed it cannot effectively absorb the nutrients or even break them down when the nutrients are moving through too quickly the gut can't do what it needs to do so the person experiences malnutrition why is that a big issue well aside from the fact that none of us want to be malnourished everything we eat is taken in and broken down into its component parts and then reassembled in the form of neurotransmitters and hormones and tissues and whatever else we need to live so if your body is not able to use those nutrients then it's not going to be able to make the neurotransmitters the hormones the everything else Um, so malnutrition is a big deal and you know it's important to remember that for example tryptophan is an amino acid which comes from protein tryptophan is used to make serotonin for example but in order to convert tryptophan to serotonin it requires a whole bunch of vitamins and minerals and other things in the to create this chemical reaction again this is why nutrition is important and fatigue well, well let's think about it if you're malnourished you're probably running low your blood sugar's probably all over the place we know when people are in pain their blood sugar tends to be all over the place we know that when people are malnourished they tend to be more fatigued we know that people when people get inadequate sleep they tend to be more fatigued we know that when we're fatigued we tend to eat higher fat higher carbohydrate hint more inflammatory foods which can also contribute to worsening of symptoms um, and potentially indirectly worsening of fatigue affectively or emotionally people with inflammatory bowel disease are at a much higher risk for anxiety and depression because that is associated with both systemic inflammation as well as nutritional imbalances and disruption of the gut microbiome many people with inflammatory or chronic conditions also struggle with anger they're angry at the situation they're angry at their disease they're angry at their body sometimes they're angry at other people for not understanding but anger is a very common emotion grief and guilt grief at not having the quality of life or the lifestyle that maybe they used to have oh um, before they were diagnosed with the with the condition so they have to grieve the fact that okay my body may need some um modifications to the way I live my life and that is very frustrating to some people and guilt when people are experiencing a flare-up especially their pain their fatigue their um bowel urgency can make it more difficult to engage in some of the activities that they used to engage in or that they feel they are should be doing like going to a kid's recital or football game or going out with friends like they usually do and they may start feeling guilty if they're not able to do it either at all or in the same way that they used to they may feel guilty if they have to get up and leave in the middle of a a recital because they gotta and embarrassment when we're talking about bowel issues that's not something that we usually talk about um, you know in in everyday company and however in order for significant others to understand what's going on sometimes it's important to communicate to them to a certain extent what's going on and modifications that may be necessary additionally the cramping the inflammation the urgency may also contribute to um, gas or even um, leakage which can be embarrassing for some people cognitive when nutrition is not wonderful when sleep is not wonderful we see brain fog we see people having difficulty remembering things learning thinking clearly that is an expected byproduct of inflammation and malnutrition and fatigue or poor sleep and relationally people who are experiencing all of the symptoms that we've talked about or even some of the symptoms that we've talked about may have a reduced self-esteem they don't feel the same about themselves or they're not as accepting of themselves because they feel like they should be doing something differently or they're afraid that other people are judging them and they're likely judging themselves very harshly for what they are or are not able to do at any point in time which can really negatively impact self-esteem when you are not being unconditionally accepting of yourself and relational conflict because of the symptoms because of the pain because of the fatigue not everybody understands even when we explain to them even if you're great at explaining to them what's going on sometimes they either may not be ready willing or able to hear understand and empathize with your position children may be especially prone to this because they they don't get it um, in some cases in some cases they may get it even more but a lot of times kids have a hard time understanding why caregivers can't just magically do whatever they want to do because they see us as much more powerful in many cases than we actually probably are in friendships a lot of times when people have inflammatory bowel disease it leads to canceling at the last minute or postponing activities or having to change things because of a particular flare-up which again can cause conflict in relationships in which the person uh in, in which the other person is less uh, willing to be empathetic and I didn't put job on here and I probably should have um, because inflammatory bowel disease impacts people's work I mean think about a law enforcement officer out on patrol with inflammatory bowel disease the amount of time my husband was on patrol for over a decade the amount of time it takes them to get their you know equipment belt off and get their all their stuff off so they can actually go to the bathroom is quite significant and if you're on patrol out in the middle of nowhere that can be really difficult uh, that's just one example a doctor that's working in an emergency room or in surgery or you know anything a performer who's up on stage you can't just say hey we're gonna take a brief intermission here uh, so there are a lot of situations professions that a sudden urge or inability to stay focused on the job may cause significant uh, challenges a lot of people mistakenly think of inflammatory bowel disease as an upset tummy and that is so grossly inaccurate it negatively impacts every area of a person's life especially during a flare but even between flares when they're um, in a remissive remission stage a lot of people with inflammatory bowel disease have to alter their diet in order to prevent triggering another flare so let's talk about what you can do we've recognized now hopefully that it is a problem uh, exercise has been found to reduce flare and fatigue and you may be thinking really exercise makes me more tired low intensity gentle exercise increasing oxygenation yoga easy walking writing um, a stationary bicycle with little or no resistance something that just gets the blood moving and gets your heart rate up a little bit and increases oxygenation is excellent for reducing cortisol which is your stress hormone and reducing flare and fatigue increasing energy sleep good quality sleep is really really important and talking with your doctor your gastroenterologist whomever you need to talk to about strategies that you can use to improve your ability to fall asleep and stay asleep stay in bed for seven to nine hours or as long as they think you can possibly do it you know not everybody can make seven hours Um, is going to be very very important and there are a lot of strategies that can be used including you know cutting off time you know when you're eating you you don't eat past XYZ time if you're going to go to bed at this other time uh reducing the amount of fluids you drink after a certain period of time reducing stress making sure to go through a um nighttime process to try to prevent any unnecessary awakenings there are a lot of things you can do to minimize sleep interruptions but also just getting to sleep and staying asleep will be important and that includes addressing sleep apnea if you've got it weight management is another physical intervention and I know some people bristle at the notion of weight management what we're talking about here is excess adiposity excess fat tissue contributes to increases in um, estrogen and increases in systemic inflammation excess is something that you will define based on your body structure with your physician okay I'm not making a judgment about anybody's um body type or weight but it is well known in the research that excess uh, fat tissue contributes to systemic inflammation smoking and alcohol have also been shown to be inflammatory so abstinence from these things is definitely preferred and improving vagal tone you notice I didn't say the vagus nerve stimulation why because the research on auricular vagus nerve stimulation or transcutaneous uh, vagus nerve stimulation through the ear has not been shown to be very effective at directly impacting the inflammation in the gut remember the vagus nerve is the relaxation response the hpa axis is your stress response it's alter ego is the vagus nerve and vagal tone uh, is assessed by heart rate variability when you have good vagal tone you can be relaxed and then you can respond to a stressor then you can come all the way back down to that relaxed state it's your vagus nerve your um uh, your sympathetic and and parasympathetic uh, nervous system ability to work with one another and alternate between one another instead of keeping yourself in that persistently stressed state or fighting to get back into a relaxation state so anything i know this is this is sort of mind-blowing for some people anything that helps you trigger that relaxation response anything that helps you de-escalate when you experience physical or emotional stress is going to improve vagal tone square breathing yoga exercise meditation painting whatever it is for you that can help you de-escalate after a stressor is going to improve your vagal tone nutrition now it's important to note that nutrition is probably going to be a little bit different for every single person with inflammatory bowel disease so I'm not making a prescription however what we do know is an anti-inflammatory diet um, the Gronogen anti-inflammatory diet is one that has been studied extensively with inflammatory bowel disease but generally sticking to a diet that's anti-inflammatory in nature is going to be very very helpful at reducing gut inflammation lean meat especially uh, not red meat so lean meat eggs fish plain dairy like milk yogurt kefir hard cheeses fruit vegetables legumes coffee tea honey and for some people wheat are able to be eaten now i've said for some people because remember wheat and wheat oats any of your cereal grains have gluten in them and some people are very very sensitive to gluten and that will cause inflammation and that will cause a flare-up so again it's important to know what triggers your inflammation your gut inflammation red meat other dairy products like ice cream and soft cheeses and sugar should be limited and canned and processed foods should be uh, alcohol and sweetened beverages should be avoided at pretty much all costs Uh, your processed foods often can contain high levels of nitrates nitrites and sugars all of which are inflammatory in nature one article recommended low fiber during disease flares well think about fiber it's kind of like a scrubby brush going through your gut I mean it absorbs things and moves things through so it's expanding the bowel sometimes but some of your insoluble fibers also um, act sort of like a, a scrubby brush for lack of a better term in order to help clean and purify the intestines but that's really hard on an area that's already inflamed so a lot of times low fiber during disease flares as well as addressing nutritional deficiencies especially during flare periods but even between flares uh, some people with significant inflammatory bowel disease may struggle with def, uh, deficiencies of iron calcium vitamin D B12 folate zinc magnesium vi- vitamin A and potentially thiamine we'll talk about thiamine in a minute what do we what do we know about some of these things in addition to being important in the uh, creation of neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine iron helps bring oxygen throughout the body low iron contributes to fatigue low iron low energy calcium is important in neurotransmission a lot of our neurotransmitters go through um, calcium ion channels vitamin D is has a lot of receptors in the emotion areas of our brain but that aside they've shown that vitamin D deficiencies are associated with increased inflammation vitamin B12 helps with metabolism and energy usage so if your B12 is low you may feel fatigued and folate zinc magnesium and vitamin A are all you know, again again important nutrients in the creation of other hormones and and neurotransmitters throughout the body now thiamine is interesting thiamin is often normal in the blood plasma levels of people with uh, inflammatory bowel disease however they found that thiamin supplementation in people with IBD often helps their energy level and their brain fog they hypothesize that the thiamin receptors are not working as effectively as they need to so there's enough thiamin there but the receptors are not working so by increasing thiamin levels it's sort of artificially um, stimulates or overloads or whatever word you want to use but it gets diamond levels to where they need to be downstream so that was a really interesting article affective or emotional and cognitive interventions stress management is so huge and if you've watched my other videos on the hpa axis or the impact of uh, stress and trauma on mood you know that chronic stress contributes to systemic inflammation and I'm not going to go into the whole explanation right now but chronic stress worsens inflammation so stress management is huge which means knowing what your triggers are for stress what irritates you what stresses you out what causes you anger anxiety or just stress being overwhelmed or burned out figuring out what those triggers are how to prevent them when possible and how to cope with them when they actually occur so they have less of a negative impact is going to be important vulnerabilities are conditions that make you more vulnerable to a strong negative emotional reaction when you're when you are triggered during a flare-up you're likely more vulnerable to stress it's harder to deal with all the crap life throws at you when you're already fatigued and in pain and not feeling well but aside from a flare-up what other things make you more vulnerable to stress it can be sleep deprivation um being overwhelmed certain times of year whatever it is that you know hey during this time or in this situation i tend to be more stress prone or i tend to react more strongly that's good to know because then you can figure out how to best protect yourself or buffer against those stressors during that time hardiness I've talked about this in other videos commitment control and challenge it was a concept that was really introduced back in 78 by Kabasa. hardiness has been found to reduce stress reactivity and inflammatory cytokines people who are hardier when they encounter stress react less strongly go back to baseline or um down regulate more quickly and have fewer inflammatory cytokines released into their system so that is really really awesome now hardiness remember commitment control and challenge involves knowing all of the things in your life to which you are committed people places things activities that make your life rich and meaningful and be able to being able to look at that landscape and say oh look at these are all the things that are important and 80% of those are going really well right now 20% could use a little work but recognizing being able to see the whole picture not just what's going wrong that's the first one control is your ability to recognize what aspects of this landscape you have control over the things that are going well in what ways can you control that to keep them going well continue nurturing those relationships continuing doing your best at work whatever it is of the things that are not going well what aspects of that can you control you may not be able to directly make your inflammation go down if you're having a flare-up and that's one of the things that's not going well however being angry about it and fretting about it and having increased levels of anxiety over this particular condition is going to make it worse so your reaction to that situation might be something you can control and challenge once you've identified what you can control viewing that as a challenge how can i optimize how can i best use my energy to continue maintaining the things that are going good and to alter or mitigate the things that are not going well seeing it as a challenge an opportunity instead of well something else guided imagery has been successful for pain perception fatigue and mood improvement but not direct reduction of inflammatory cytokines they hypothesize in the article that guided imagery can help increase serotonin dopamine and endorphin levels which help us reduce our perception of pain and may increase our energy levels as dopamine goes up energy goes up as serotonin goes up we may see an increase in energy but definite definitely with dopamine and as dopamine and serotonin go up mood goes up so guided imagery may impact the neurotransmitters that are responsible for those three things but the inflammatory cytokines don't reduce as quickly as we may see in other situations the inflammatory cytokines may being prompted not only by thoughts well definitely are prompted not only by thoughts but other things going on in the body which may take longer to adjust such as the microbiome environmentally bergamot eucalyptus lavender thyme Lang Lang balsam and hyssop have all been found to have anti-inflammatory properties now this is systemic anti-inflammatory properties uh we aren't able at this point to particularly target one area and remember with essential oils you're not ingesting them you're just inhaling them you know, uh, dispersing them in the environment but they have been found to be calming to help down regulate that HPA axis that threat stress response as well as to be anti-inflammatory in nature particular particularly uh, the terpenes B, B- beta karyophylline, linolule, and borneol. Uh, they've also found that just being out in nature at a park surrounded by trees, breathing the air and the terpenes and whatever else is um, uh, volatile organic essential oils, I believe they call them, that are emitted by plants, um, also secrete these particular terpenes and they found as a result that being out in nature is associated with a reduction in pain perception improvement in mood improvement in cardiovascular parameters and uh, a reduction in inflammation so score one for mother nature over 1.6 million people deal with inflammatory bowel disease it's vital for everyone to understand that it's far more than just an upset stomach inflammatory bowel disease significantly impacts every aspect of a person's life during a flare and still moderately impacts their life between flares inflammatory bowel disease and mental health influence each other as mental health improves as stress improves uh, inflammation tends to improve as stress gets worse inflammation tends to get worse as anxiety gets worse inflammation tends to get worse as depression gets worse inflammation gets worse you see where I'm going here well each person with inflammatory bowel disease is different common treatment themes revolve around sleep exercise stress management healthy nutrition and for some people medication